Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City trombonist, arranger, and composer Jason Goodell. This Houston, Texas native attended the highly acclaimed High School for the Performing and Visual Arts and studied under the sage direction of Dr. Robert Morgan. He has performed with a lot of artists throughout the past two decades. He was awarded the first George Salisbury Memorial Scholarship given at UMKC in 1985 and earned him a Bachelor's of Music and Music Performance from there in 1989. He's busy here in the Kansas City scene, and he has great stories about his beginnings and so much more. So please get to know Jason and dig this interview, my friends. Jason, thank you for taking a minute to talk with me on Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be uh, talking with you today. So let's start off here with any recording projects that might be in the works or on the horizon for you. Well, actually, I am in the middle of a project right now, my, my first single, which is entitled Cool of the Day, and it's just going to be an amalgamation, if you will, of all the different influences that I've held over the last little while, so I'm pretty excited about it. We're almost at the finish line, so, so you know, just a few short weeks away from it, from it becoming actual reality. You stay pretty busy on the Kansas City scene. Do you got regular gigs of folks want to go out and catch you, where, where can they go and how can they find out about it? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be hosting a jam session at the Blue Room next Monday, the 16th, I believe, at, at the Blue Room, which is uh, 18th and Vine, of course, and uh, that will be from 7 to 11 p.m. So I have a few private things coming up, uh, but I, I am trying to uh, graduate to the point of making make, making my, my more public things available to the general population as they come around. So far, so far, I've started started a Facebook page entitled Jason, Jason Godot Trombonist, which uh, is getting some traction, uh, and, and I'm slowly putting more and more content into it and making more, more things available for people to, to grab a hold of. I'm also working on, working on a website. Uh, but, you know, a lot of those things are, you know, caught before the horse. So so we're getting some good content going on so that, so that people actually have something to hear about. You were originally from Houston. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how you got into jazz. Oh, man. Well, it all started pretty much when I was about maybe 12 years old. I had already been playing trombone. I started playing trombone in sixth grade, right, really. Really, really, just, just like start off like everybody else, you know. Um, I had a little bit of piano background because, cause, you know, my mother taught me a little bit about piano. I, I played a lot by ear, um, you know, having learned, you know, learned through my mother. And then at that time, at that time, you know, I was pretty much the only character that, that decided to pick up a trombone, you know, sixth grade. So, you know, what the heck is turned in terms of that? But I, but that's, that's what really the trombone picked me up instead of me picking it up because, because we've been together ever since. Moving forward, I got into jazz probably when I was around, I want to say about 12 or 13. There was this fantastic uh, camp called the Summer Jazz Workshop in Houston, Texas. You know, back, back when I was, was a kid, you know, you get into the Summer Jazz Workshop, you know, for 25 bucks a summer. You know, which, which at this rate, I don't know what they charge now, but it was just a wonderful opportunity uh, to work with older musicians that were already involved with uh, the Berkeley College of Music, um, you know, people that were from Houston that were already on the East Coast doing big things, and uh, they were coming to work with us during the summer. And I, I, I tell you what, it was like an encyclopedia of jazz 
all rolled into, you know, four short weeks, um, you know, because we were learning history and we were learning uh, about the music. We were learning about improvisation. We were learning about harmony. I mean, every single aspect of the music was addressed uh, in the 404 program, and I did it for over the course of, uh, I want to say, about three or four years in the middle of that, that stint. I did uh, a journey on to uh, work at, well, not work, but actually attend the high school for performing visual arts in Houston, Texas, which has, you know, been the, been the hallmark of a lot of great musicians that are out there right now that you may be aware of, like Robert Glasper, Andre Hayward, gosh, uh, Shaquille, just a lot, a lot of people. And, and also, you know, while I was at that high school, you know, it gave me another opportunity to work with, a lot, uh, again, a lot of older musicians. Kirk Raven would come through every once in a while and, you know, work with us. A lot of musicians from the past, you know, we, we, we would have opportunities to uh, fly to different countries. And so all of those different things gave me a real strong desire for me to pursue jazz because I saw so many people at that time, particularly in the mid-80s, mid the, the early mid-80s, you know, really being successful at it. And so, and so it really just, really just lit a fire under me. I just wanted to dive in. Dare say that I was not the best from home player at that time. And so, you know, I had a lot of other cats that could just play rings around me. And, you know, I couldn't even really read music that well. But I, but I was, I was hungry. And, and even, even though, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're, you're egged on to either quit music or, you know, get better or, you know, dig deeper. And what it did for me is it made me dig deeper. Even even the razzing made me dig deeper. Fast forward a couple of years and, and, and I made my way I made my way up to Kansas City, attended the UKC Conservatory of Music. And I did that for four and a half years. Again, just, just learning everything I could. Learn learning everything that was made available to me and, and uh scrounging for the information that wasn't available to me, you know, really kinda of getting into the Kansas City scene. That that's what brought me to this point. So what early jazz albums really inspired you? What were you listening to that got you going? Oh, man. I had this, I had this friend of mine in school back then in HSPVA that got me hooked up and involved in listening to J.J. Johnson. The very first album that I ever really, like, sunk my teeth into was this Pablo compilation album entitled Mad Bebop. The cut that really, like, Lit me on fire for one of the plays was a J.M.K. rendition of uh, Bernie's tune. Just in just the fluidity which which J.J. played, the sound, just the range that, that they were playing, in, just to let me know that there were some things that that the trombone could really do. You know, if you had the right if you had the right information about how to play the trombone, you know. What was the Kansas City scene like when you, you know, you, you come up to Kansas City from Houston, you're involved with Bobby and the program, and, and you're getting into this Kansas City scene. What was it like? How did that early scene groom you to where you're at today? When I came to Kansas City, Bobby Watson was still, you know, in New York and traveling and things like that, because I came in 1985. At, at that time, the, the, uh, the conservatory, you know, was basically trying to grow a good, solid jazz program. I think they always had a jazz program, you know, from the late 70s, you know, they, they were developing a, a jazz program. And uh, by the time I came up here, you know, there, there was a real good teacher by the name of Mike Parkinson, 
who is now at this point, I think, in he's in Cincinnati, but but actually, coincidentally, he is moving back to Kansas City, which, which is what I mean. My trombone teacher at the time was uh, John Leisenring, who I met through Abersole camp that I attended, you know, the summer prior. To make a long story short, coming into Kansas City, you know, I, I, I had uh, really high expectations of what I was going to see when I came in in, uh, in a concept strong door of musicians that have been in the trenches, Years prior to me arriving in Kansas City, I'm thinking about Eddie Baker, and then this uh, the group called uh, at that time was called the New Breed Jazz Orchestra, and that was my first introduction into the Kansas City big band scene at that time. You know, it was just a bunch of people that had been playing together for years. As a matter of fact, the core of that group is still in existence uh, through the Lewis Neal Big Band. But but at that time, you know, that was that was my exposure to it, and being being at the foundation, which of course you know is 1821 Highland. Staying, staying there, you know, all night, you know, listening to cats play, you know, listening to them tell the stories that they told, you know, it's just like I said, it's just one of, the, one of those things that, that really kind of uh, lit up my fire about playing jazz, at that, especially at that time in my life, you know, being, being 17 and 18 and 19, you know, and basically coming here on my own. That's where my introduction came in. Now, now later on, I, uh, I took the concept to go into university to work a master's degree. And at that time, uh, that that's when I was really formally introduced to uh, Bobby Watson. Of I had already known about him through his work with the Jazz Messengers, and you know, for for years and on, on you know albums that I listened to. So, but that that was that was my real introduction to him at that time. And of course, you know, who doesn't like Bobby Watson's playing? You know, it, it, it was just incredible to listen to him. His idea, the fluidity, uh, the velocity with which he was playing. And and just and just a stream of consciousness. Plus, plus he was a, he's a phenomenal writer, you know, like no other, you know, which is keeping the tradition, but at the same time always pushing the envelope forward. So right now, this Kansas City jazz scene is pretty far, fertile. Things I'm sure you've seen it go through incarnations, and it's really strong now. This is kind of a twofold question: Are you happy with the Kansas City jazz scene being a part of it in 2019? And how do you personally feel about your career up to this point? Well, that's a loaded question right there. The way I feel about the Kansas City scene is there's a lot of young players that are coming in pretty much by the droves into Kansas City from the East Coast, from the South, which always is an indication that the Kansas City scene will continue to go on. They that I feel that I fit into that category or, or how I fit into that puzzle is, is, is that now because of the I am, I think I don't think that I have fully tapped out of what I can actually do in Kansas City. At the same token, I know that there are some areas that are leading me that, to, the, to the belief that, that I really do need to move on to some other things. And I think the best thing I can do at this point in time, you know, hopefully, is to offer some assistance as you know an advisor, an advisory role wherever I can. Uh, as far as playing in Kansas City, I will always play in Kansas City anytime that I'm asked to. But this time, you know, I played the the, the things that I have played over a few years that I've, that I've been doing this is been as a side man. And I really believe that at this at the right young age of 52, it's time for me to really branch out as a leader and really begin to explore some things myself, which you know may or may not include me being in Kansas City and doing this whole thing within you know, this homogenous type setting. What do you like best about Kansas City? The thing that I've liked the most about Kansas City, being, being that now that I've been here 
you know, well over 30 years, is that I've, I've come to find that out of the places that I've been and the, the places that I've seen, this is probably, oddly enough, one of, one of the best places in the country to raise a family from the standpoint of economics, from the standpoint of uh, housing. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a better place in the country that you can be, uh, uh, you know, if you want to, like, you know, set some roots, establish some roots, you know. I, I have a wife with whom I've just celebrated a tw- my, my 25th uh, anniversary. I've got two beautiful grown kids that uh, one, one is about to graduate uh, Missouri State and, and a daughter who uh, who's in her second year now at NU. Actually, you know, her first year, she was, she was going to school in Greensboro, North Carolina, and decided that that wasn't for her and decided to transfer back into Missouri of all places. So, you know, there, there, there's definitely some things that are here for a person who is family-oriented, and everything has its good and bad points. As far as what, what I've seen, I mean, there's only like maybe there's only a couple of places in that in the country that I think I would even dare to live at this point, and Kansas City is just one of them. So, what was one of the first live jazz shows you saw that really excited you? Back when I was uh, when I was undergrad, actually, actually, I can answer this pretty handily. Uh, Kansas City used to, at, at the time the time that I came to Kansas City, there was a lot of open air concerts, and these open air concerts were in the parks. And on 18th and Vine, you know, and, and, and on 18th and Vine back then, the, the uh, jazz festival was held on 18th, in 18th and Vine in that district at that time. And one of the concerts was also in Volker Park. The, the concert that I got, that I saw at that time was, uh, was actually when Wynn Marcellus came through with, with this group. Now, Wynn Marcellus would come through Kansas City fairly regularly at, at, that, at that time. I remember going to Volker Park and, and, and seeing when Marcellus pretty much for the very first time, you know, just doing warm, just, just, you know, warming the group up and playing. And, and of course, you know, I was probably 18 or 19 at the time. I was listening to the rhythm section and, and hearing the, hearing the drummer play because I think, uh, Skane was, was, was definitely a part of that group at that time. And maybe Bob Hess was on bass and, and, uh, you know, Kenny Kirkland on piano. And, and just the excellence with which with which they played, and they were still young. Like I was really young, but they were still young at that time. So so you know, it was like watching your big your your older brothers play. But I mean, they were tearing it up. And the fact that Kennedy would have those types of acts in at that time was was, was just was just outstanding. I mean, you know, we're talking about 1985, 1986. So I'm going to ask you just generically, why do you love jazz? I love jazz for two primary reasons. First of all, because of the music of my heritage and the people that I came from, even from being from Houston and and, and dealing with, you know, the, the, the country-like ways of, of, of Texas, which is just people that had soul. And jazz was an amplification of the blues, and it's an amplification of improvisation, playing from your gut, you know, which those things resonated with me, too. The other main reason that, 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 I, like, that I like jazz music is, is from, for the freedom factor, the ability that jazz has that, that allows you to express yourself. There is no main definition as to how you are to express yourself as a jazz artist. 
Now, there are certainly parameters that are given to help you navigate through harmony, navigate through rhythm, you know, and, and certain colloquial things to help you understand what the flavors are. But after that, it's up to you. It's up to what's in your own heart. So those, so, so those, those are the main two things that, that cause, that we, the main two factors that, that cause me to resonate with jazz music. Everyone has their interpretation or their perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans. But you know who you are best. Who do you think you are? Well, I think, well, I don't think I know that, that, I'm, that I'm an optimist, that I'm a believer, that I, that I believe in things that are, that are better. That I don't allow things that, that would cause me to be pessimistic about the way the world is to, to throw me off track. I mean, you know, you get to a certain point in your life where, where, you know, you, you've had to duck a few bullets and you've had to dodge a few obstacles and you've had to, you've had to run into some stuff, but I'm still alive. And I don't take anything at all in that as, as something that, that's been, you know, something that you just get because of happenstance. I mean, I, I, truly, I truly believe in, first of all, in God and, and about his power in my life. And I truly believe also that, that I'm here for a purpose and I'm here for a reason. The thing is just, like I said, happenstance. And so I wake up in the morning full of energy, full of life, because I know that I'm here for a particular reason. And when I put the horn on my face, that, that's an indication, not, not because I think I'm the best player in the world or even close. There's a lot of guys that play the trombone well, well, way better than me. A lot of guys. I wake up because I know that I have a contribution. And, you know, maybe I can help help the world, but more more importantly, you know, I can do something for anybody that I can come, come in contact with. Beautiful. That's, that's a great way to wrap everything up. Jason, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. Thank you for what you do for Kansas City. Thanks for the music. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Kansas City and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Jason for his time, honesty, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.